everybody. Welcome back to Defy Trauma, Embrace Joy. We're on another path to healing and understanding what it is like to overcome trauma, especially long-term early childhood trauma. Thus, the reason for our next topic, we're going to define the words CPTSD and PTSD, Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, and just straight up post-traumatic stress disorder. They are a little bit different. And I think just saying what the definition is maybe will give us a little bit more of a handle. PTSD is recognized first as a condition that affected war veterans. And PTSD, though, can be caused by any number of different traumatic events, such as a car accident, natural disaster, a near-death experience, or other isolated act of abuse or violence. So the key here is an isolated act of abuse or violence. With CPTSD, it's when the underlying trauma is repeated and ongoing for years, and I'm reading from my notes so I get it right, especially in the early childhood years, the foundational years of life. Um, Some people make a distinction between PTSD and CPTSD, and we're just now beginning to understand it. CPTSD is still not even included in the DSM, the Diagnostic Manual, but it is most definitely the symptoms are something that early childhood trauma survivors do experience. Yeah, it's like PTSD on steroids, It really is. So you have all the same symptoms of PTSD and then some. Mm -hmm. Um, The underlying thing that both conditions have is that during the events Mm -hmm. you have a fear of dying Mm -hmm. or being seriously injured and you can't get away. Right. So you're afraid you're going to die and you can't escape. And by can't escape, I don't want to say that if you didn't leave a situation, then that's on you. We don't mean you were locked in somewhere. Right. If your parents are abusing you, you really have nowhere to go because mm-hmm. they're your caretakers. Mm-hmm. So um, anyone that has power over you, even as an adult yeah. and abused spouse may think they can't get away. It's too dangerous to get away. And that would create PTSD because you can't escape. Mm -hmm. And even in a situation like a job where you have a narcissist for a boss or an abusive person for a boss and they have some power over you and you have to pay the bills. That's exactly the same kind of scenario we're talking about. And survivors of early childhood trauma will often find themselves in later situations like that because people who are abusive also have the ability to read people and they see somebody who is vulnerable and they take advantage of it right they manipulate and Mm -hmm. control you Mm -hmm. and convince you that you can't survive without them yes so it can happen at any age and that is one of the things that creates one of the symptoms of PTSD and CPTSD is dissociation because mm-hmm. you can't escape physically, so you escape in your mind. Yes, yes, that's exactly right. It also, we want to be sure to, to say, it's not 
In our opinion, it's not a mental illness. Survivors will often be diagnosed. If you're suicidal, it's major depressive disorder. Or if you're hypervigilant and depressed, it's bipolar. Or if you injure yourself as a means to escape, then it's borderline personality disorder. But it's really a brain injury. And as you heal the injury, mm -hmm. you heal the PTSD and the symptoms it isn't necessarily a mental illness right. that you have to control with medication for the rest of your life. And remember, we're not medical doctors and we're not giving medical advice. In fact, anything we give on here is all anecdotal and experiential and not meant to be advice for anybody. At the same time, I had a therapist who looked me right in the eye and said, you're not crazy, you're wounded. And that, that did more to help lift so many diagnoses and struggles and that I had than anything else and so but we're not advocating going off medicine or anything like that please you know uh, get with your doctor before you do anything like that you have to be really careful and protective of your mental health and certainly PTSD and CPTSD affect us in that emotional realm in that realm of mental health and we hope that some of our podcasts or part of it or perhaps all of it will be a help to you in that area. Yeah, because sometimes medication for a period of time while you're healing is important right, right. to keep you coping or to keep you here. And you can have comorbidity, like, as Dr. Phil likes to say. It's such a creepy word. Co <laughs> <laughs> comorbidity. But it means perhaps you do have major depressive disorder or some other type of mental disorder coupled with this abuse in your past that's not beyond the realm of possibility either so well we just are trying to define right. actual ptsd yes ptsd so that brings us to another one of the symptoms mm -hmm. which is um flashbacks mm -hmm. we can have triggers and there are flashbacks and sometimes you can get triggered into a flashback so if you want to explain that a little bit well you know when we say flashback you know I think people have this who are not survivors have this idea that it's like a, a car backfires and somebody who's been in war gets down on the ground because they're they're flashing back to that time and while it can be that for me flashbacks are something I can't really control they just take over me when I feel threat when I feel any kind of serious perceived threat and most of the time it is perceived threat it's not a real threat now occasionally it is a real threat and that as I heal is something that I'm working on but when I feel that threat coming on I can and especially when it goes on all day and I can't get out when I say flashback, I mean, I go back into that emotional place where I'm five years old. I don't have any control. I can't get out. I can't save myself. I can't get any help. And I just have a meltdown. And I have a video that we're going to insert as just to let you see. I want you to look at my face as I'm sitting here right now. And then we're only going to put a few seconds up. But I want you to see what a flashback for me really looks like look at how my face changes I, I don't for me in my opinion I don't even look like the same person it's like something from someplace else which is obviously true the past 
takes over me and um, I can't regulate my emotions. I can't calm down. I, I feel totally out of control and not safe. So for me, that's how a flashback goes. This is what a flashback looks like. People think it's, people think it's, I don't know what they think. But stress gets too much. You just wanna die. can also be flashbacks yes right so um it's common to be woken up several times a night and often like you explained in a previous podcast it can be a repeating nightmare mm -hmm. that happens over and over and over and mm -hmm. you usually wake up terrified shaking sweating heart mm -hmm. racing because whoever came after you in the past mm -hmm comes after you in your dream in the present and it feels extremely real. And it can throw you into a flashback that can last for days. Yes. That sometimes those nightmares are very hard, especially, did you find that nightmares were more prevalent the closer you got to heal? Like in the healing journey, sometimes the nightmares turn up. Oh, yes, for sure. Especially if you're covering any specific. Yeah memory mm -hmm. that happened um, there was often nightmares to go with it and I would wake up terrified I'd lay in my bed absolutely frozen mm -hmm. afraid to move because somebody in there would see me and get me yeah or your abusers are coming after you for some reason yeah I, I've had the same exact feeling but you know for if we're talking to somebody out there who's in those middle the middle of those nightmares and they're going Man, this healing stuff is not for me because this is too hard. We just want to encourage you that it gets better. It gets better. Don't give up. If you need to take a break, take a break. But the nightmare thing will, will clear up and start calming down. All right. Another, um, another when we were talking about flashbacks, what's the, what's the progression? For me, I get terrified. The next step is... I want to quit. I want to quit everything I'm doing. And then the next step, if it keeps going, is I want to die. I'm out of here. That, that's how my progressive feeling. And I think a lot of that came from as a child, there was no way out. And exactly. so as I'm healing, I'm learning to jump in the middle and not let myself go all the way there. That takes practice, though. 
And it doesn't happen every time, just because we've learned a lot of skills that help us right. insert the truth into those lies. It doesn't mean we always get there. We still right. have our moments. It's a process, as I like to say. It's a process. <laughs> but it happens a lot less often. Right. I mean, 50 years of my life, I was suicidal and wanted to die. I thought that was going to be my life forever. And for the last two years, it's been rare that that thought's ever popped mm -hmm. up. And when it comes up just as an automatic thing, I have the tools and the mm -hmm. skills and the truth to speak to it. And... And it's mm -hmm. over in seconds. Yes. So what kinds of things, um, with our last question, what triggers a flashback? Now, let's talk about triggers. Triggers have become a byword that people almost make fun of now. And I wish I could think of a better word than just trigger. But I think it's a perfect word because you it. do get triggered yes. into something. Yes. Something happens. But people are diluting it. So yeah. for survivors, mm -hmm. when we use it now, people tend to brush it off. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. They're the snowflakes or whatever, you know? What kinds of things trigger you? Um, for me, if I get frustrated, me like too. I'm trying to do something on a computer and I have to do it over and over, or I keep getting thrown out of mm -hmm. a website, Ooh, I can feel that rising and rising yeah. and I get so frustrated and then in comes the lies. I'm stupid, uh -huh. I'm not good enough, I can't figure anything out and then it moves to I'm just not going to do this, mm -hmm. I don't care anymore and it can really snowball. Mm -hmm. Another one for me is if somebody isn't listening to me mm -hmm. or accuses me of lying. Yeah. Like I went in a doctor's office and they tried to tell me that they didn't, I never had an appointment. Mm -hmm. And when I pushed back against that, it turned out all the doctors took the day off mm -hmm. and they hadn't happened to call me. But they mm -hmm. were insisting that I was lying, mm -hmm. something was wrong with me, and... It got me almost to that place of tears mm -hmm. and frustration and shaking because they just weren't listening. And that, for you, does that come from being blamed as a child? Oh, absolutely. Everything was my fault. That's why I was abused. For some people, the abuse comes under, and I'm talking specifically sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. They try to say, well, I love you, and you're mm -hmm. special, and all that. For me, it was always, you are bad, and you are so bad, we have to do this to you. And if you weren't so bad, mm -hmm. this wouldn't happen. So anytime someone pushes up and makes me feel like I've done something wrong, or I did something bad, mm -hmm. whew, that triggers me really easy. I think that's real important, the blaming thing, because that's how abusers control you. And they use blame. They put the blame on the victim. And the reason they do that is it gives them power, even with a small little child. Um, for me, I was the problem. I was always the problem. So anything they did to me was justified. And... On conversely, on the underside of that, I feel like I need to say, for a child, not it is a normal response to abuse 
for a child to blame themselves because right. in that gives you a little bit of autonomy it means if it's my fault maybe there's something i can do right i was going to bring that up as well if yeah. i'm just good enough yes and that's the magical thinking of childhood mm -hmm. if this is happening because i'm bad i'm going to be really really good the mm -hmm. problem is you can't ever be no. good enough to stop. They're manipulating. They're lying to you. And then on top of that, if you were as a five, six, seven-year-old to believe that the people you are dependent upon for life are really monsters, it would be too horrific. You can't wrap your head around it. So it's easier to blame yourself. So that, I hope you see that. That is a little bit complicated, but it's important to understand where that blame comes from. It's the poison. That, and the reason that's so important is because as an adult, mm -hmm. we're trying and trying and trying to be good and to do everything right. right. And if we do something that we know is wrong or is our fault, oh my gosh, that's super devastating devastating mm -hmm. you know we deserve mm -hmm. what happened but we can never be good enough to make all the bad around us go away right and we learned that in childhood and for me in the present my triggers are frustration and listen to how they those have y'all ever gotten on a phone tree and wanted to kill somebody i mean almost as soon as that phone tree thing starts i it's just i'm working on it but that kind of a frustration the computer frustration doctor's office is just making an appointment it's hard for me to go because that was part of my abuse in my past but also just the way it's set up with the bureaucracy that frustration yes um money i already said have said in past podcasts money is a trigger for me growing older anything that is hard anything that i can't get initially perfectly right um Poor health, chronic illness progression. Well, and that's so common. Yeah. We'll just take a quick moment to state that in the whole body, body, mind, and spirit, so many survivors, I don't think I know any who have mm -hmm. complex PTSD that don't have a chronic illness of mm -hmm. some sort. Yeah. And the worse you feel, the harder it is to mm -hmm. fight these triggers. Yes. And it takes you down a spiral, again, where you just want to give up because you can't mm -hmm. feel well. And we're going to do an entire podcast on the connection between chronic illness and CPTSD. So stay tuned for that. Um, what if any time I think start thinking what if this happens what if that and that's typical of anxiety the news we've mentioned um, that also is a trigger for me and certain movies I have to be careful what I watch remember the movie a star is born and the music in that was so great and we had Lady Gaga her singing so wonderful and Bradley Cooper and then Dag Nabbit if they did not have that movie end with a suicide if I had known that, I would never have gone to that movie, especially to go see it in the theater. So it's things like that you really have to watch out for. I mean, if it's some things you cannot control, that trigger's going to come. But if it's something that you can keep yourself away from, man, do it. Yeah, and when I have healthier days, my husband likes the more violent <laughs> TV shows and movies. 
and I can watch one or two with him, mm -hmm. but when I'm in a period that things aren't going well, mm -hmm. I just tell him it's a Hallmark day. Yeah. <laughs> he knows we're not going to watch those things. Yeah, that's for sure. And my tolerance is different on different days as well. And finally, it's those ongoing, unexpected, out of the blue surprise triggers. You smell mm. a cologne mm -hmm. that you remember your parents wore or your abuser wore or a certain color mm -hmm. or a crucifix or um, any kind of odors. It can be men in general or women in general. It can be anything that ties back to the particular way you were abused and we stumble into them mm -hmm. and we can even as we're healing, stumble into it five times and nothing happens. And then we hit it again and all bets are off. Yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you soon. I hope you'll like and subscribe to this channel and also follow me on social media and go to my website, defytraumaembracejoy.com to receive a free newsletter that includes a worksheet and video every Friday.